Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. A baseball game has nine innings. Welcome to the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listeners, can decide who the winner is. I'm your host, Alex, and it's with me as always is Mike. Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> so delayed on that. Hey, like you wonder what you should say. I thought you were going to say and. <laughs> and Pat is also here. Hey, I'll try to get in there real quick so I don't get yelled at by the host. Yeah. This is a rough podcast. Keep things moving. Yeah. You guys spent a half an hour before the podcast talking about names on Game of Thrones. They're hard to say. <laughs> they are. So, like I said earlier, it's a weekly podcast where we bring you a random and score fact, and you can decide the winner. And Mike is going to take out his calculator and tally who won last week. Oh, well, I, I left my calculator upstairs, so let me uh, take a jog real quick. All right. I'm back. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Alex is the winner with one vote. He he he's one vote ahead of everybody else, and I got zero votes. So um, I think we just cancel the show. Yeah, yeah that makes it a slack off of the week. <laughs> the fact slack I'll slack off. Slack off. And I'm just yeah, there in the middle. Alex, your 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 fact was actually really good. I I like the potato. Potato Thank fact. You. It was good. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. That's actually my favorite fact from you, I think. Really? Ever? <laughs> yeah, probably. That means a lot to me, Mike. I hate the loss for I words. Needed I needed it this week. So, as your winner, I get to give a victory fact. What? Victory. Victory. <clears throat> <laughs> so, as you know, the raccoon is native to North America. But did you know raccoons were first exported to Europe in 1920 to stock Fur, fur firms, but what? Uh, by way, of I had no clue what you just said, but I, I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. Fur farms, Raccoon? yeah. Like people want it back. Is your fact farms. a tongue twister? <laughs> yeah. Is it because everybody wanted those hats that uh, Davy Crockett wore? Probably Davy Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier, born in the mountain top in Tennessee. <laughs> and they use these uh, raccoons to do what? <laughs> no, uh, no. But by way of accidental bombing and some bored farmers just wanting to spice up the local fire- wildlife, many raccoons escaped and are now an invasive species in Europe. How many? <laughs> I want to spice up the local wildlife. <laughs> Go mix it up out there, raccoons. Go live a little. Rattle some cages. <laughs> They're like invasive species all over the place. Like anywhere you let a raccoon loose, it's it's going to become. Uh, bad. They learn how to survive. It's what they do. They have special hands. They do have Separates. funny little hands. Yeah, they can wave to you. <laughs> Alex has a fun uh, raccoon story, but we're not going to say it on the pod. It's not a fun raccoon story. <laughs> uh, what do you call it? I'll tell you all. <laughs> it's pod, Mike. It's a terrible, terrible story. Uh, but now it's time for. Pat's spectacular. That's right. Featuring Pat. Featuring me. This is everyone's favorite part of the show because I get to do all the talking. 
my wonderful wife bought me a daily fact calendar, and I read you five facts from the week. And Mike and Alex tell me why we they get are it. not Your good facts. Your wife is wonderful. She's great. Move on. <laughs> I had a good day at work, and she surprised me with like a bottle of like uh, a Kentucky bourbon for you, Mike. And I had an old fashioned before this episode started. Feeling good. You don't like Kentucky bourbon? You're a Kentucky guy. I don't really care. (laughs) Move on. I'll tell her to send it back. (laughs) Um, So speaking of raccoons, did you know that nearly all species to have ever existed on Earth are extinct? Wait, so that just means there's been more animals that have been extinct than that are currently around? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Well, no, not even currently around. It's like all together. Like we added it all up. Yeah, but there was like a shit ton of dinosaurs, and they're all dead. Uh, depends on what you believe. Yeah. I would would count crocodiles and alligators as dinosaurs. Well, a lot of people count birds. Birds are dinosaurs, and they're everywhere. Yeah. But there's not a dinosaur, the raccoon. You know what else is not a dinosaur? French poodles. You know what they also aren't? French. They're from Germany. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. German poodles doesn't sound as good as French poodles. Yeah. And the British Bulldog is from Wisconsin. <gasps> That's not true. But Paul Revere... I feel like the, <laughs> or the Germans are too masculine to, to accept the French uh, poodle. Well, I was like, we'll take the tougher German shepherd. You yeah, exactly. Have the French poodle. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Speaking yeah, but of... the German shepherd is from Egypt. <laughs> Carry on, Pat. Carry on. When I say speaking of, that means I'm moving into the next fact, and all comments are closed. Speaking of British, did you know that Paul Revere never actually shouted the British are coming? He said those bastards are here. (laughs) Yeah, he said, knock, knock, bitch. (laughs) Speaking of a country, did you know that Portugal is the top country for cork production? Cork? Yep. You know, the stuff that goes on top of uh, wine bottles. Yeah. Okay. So like cork boards and... They're the top country for cork production. Yes, yeah, so he only knows this because he's a teacher, and every single teacher has to have a cork board. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, we're all like... Uh, it's a law. We all just drink wine all the time and complain on TikTok about how underpaid we are. That yeah. sounded like I was like dissing teachers, but we, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of... All teachers are wine, <laughs> <is> correct. <laughs> Carry on. Yep. Speaking of cork, cork rhymes with fork, and fork starts with four, and did you know that four... Out of the ten largest statues in the world are of Buddha. That makes sense. Really? He's a pretty fat dude. So what's it, Buddha? Well, it says Buddha, so it might not even be that one Buddha. Yeah, <laughs> Buddha, Darth is. Vader. <laughs> I think Jesus has a couple is, up there. Is the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, it's a statue. Like big nothing's Jesus. bigger than the Statue of Liberty, right? What? Is there, are there statues bigger than the Statue of Liberty? I don't know. We we didn't come into like with all the different statues like measurements. Um, all right, let me pull out my statue book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and how big is that Christ the Redeemer statue? Then I think there's some bigger ones in Asia. Well, maybe yeah, that's just, my just just around week. the corner we have the Touchdown Jesus in Cincinnati. Right. Just around the riverbed. I guys, I have a surprise for you. I know yeah. I just read you five wonderful facts from the fact calendar, but as I yeah. tore that last fact off to come running downstairs to record this. There was a special surprise on my calendar. What? It says, if you enjoyed this calendar, don't miss out on next year's edition. Call now to order your 2023 daily calendar. 
Is call, there really call, a call. phone number? Yeah, should we read it out on the? Yeah, we like uh, this oh, is man. probably we should get sponsored by Willow Creek Press. Can okay, we just uh, call them up and just ask them to put our name of the podcast on that sheet? Yeah, uh, listen to our podcast. We will read these to you. Uh, In fact, don't buy it. <laughs> we're gonna take a little break so Pat can call and order himself a new calendar. We'll be right back. Fact off. Welcome back to the Fact Off. Pat has ordered himself a new calendar, and we're here to give you our facts for the week. As your winner, mentioned previously earlier, uh, I don't want to say one thing. I thought the best fact was the poodle fact. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I, for- I already forgot about the format of the show. Yeah, because it proves that Germans are embarrassed about their masculinity. That's why I like that fact. And that, it proves think- it. It didn't call into question it, but it definitely <laughs> proves it. <laughs> it proves <laughs> Proofs in the pudding. Um, so I get to pick the order in which we go. Uh, I'll go first. My fact isn't that long. Um, my fact really is just how we get a, a couple words that we use or describe things. <laughs> I'm okay. on the edge of my seat right now. <laughs> yep. From Greek mythology. We're going to talk about the story of Narcissus. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, but before before that, we're going to talk about a little woman known as Echo, who was actually a nymph. She was a beautiful wood hills nymph, and a lot of people don't know this, but you know Zeus? I've heard of him. He loved the ladies. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, if you ever read about uh, Greek mythology, Zeus is just doing everybody. He's probably the most relatable of myth- mythological gods. <laughs> uh, especially nymphs. He loved nymphs. You know who didn't like that Zeus was sleeping around? I could His guess. wife, Hera. Mrs. Zeus? <laughs> yeah. Hera, the queen of the gods, did not like it. But, so when Zeus was with the nymphs, she would come down, and Echo had the, that's loved to talk. She was a big talker. So she would talk to Hera, the distractor, with these long conversations, so the nymphs, her friends, and Zeus could get away without Hera. Noticing, you know, finding him and catching him. But Hera caught on. He's like, you know what? You're just stalling me. So my the husband ultimate get away. wing person. <laughs> wing yeah, man. what a good guy. Here, distract yeah. my wife while I go bang other <laughs> nymphs behind so, her back. You know what Hera did? She took Echo's ability to speak. <gasps> and all she could do was repeat the last thing somebody said. 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 Yep. Don't try to jump on my echo. <laughs> so, a couple of years later, I don't know how long, uh, Narcissus was the son of a river god, Cephisius, and a nymph, Lithrope. I don't know how to say it. Lithrope, oh, something you. like that. <laughs> he finally gave up on the name. <laughs> um, so she, his mom, went to go see Teresias, <laughs> the blind seer, who see things, predict this stuff. She asked the blind seer, whatever mom would want to know, will my son live a nice, happy life? And he said, yes, he will. As long as he doesn't get distracted by himself. Oh. I know this story. Yeah. He became president. He did. So Narcissus grew up to become a beautiful man. People loved him. He was so handsome. Women loved him. Men loved him. So one day he's out hunting with his buds. What? 
<laughs> no, it was, it was actually so- women loved them. Men loved them. You could have just yeah, said that- everyone loved them. <laughs> nope, I said it. Um, he was out hunting with his friends, and he got separated from him. And then Echo saw him, and she immediately fell in love with him. This guy was beautiful. But the thing about Narcissus, he only loved himself. People loved him, and he just didn't care. He did not return the favor of anybody. He's like, no, you're not good enough for me. I don't care about you. I've so said that he's a lost, few times. and then he he feels somebody following him, and he says, "Who's there? Who's there? Let me see you. See me." So Echo comes out of the woods and goes to hug Narcissus, and he shoves her down. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Don't hug me. I don't love you. Get away from me. And she runs off and cries. And legend has it that Echo was so distraught that over time she just gave up and her bones turned to rock and all that was left was her voice. Oh, like in a cavern where you go, hello, hello. Yeah. So. I bet you that's a true story. I think so. So not everybody was happy with <laughs> Hold on, can I just say, I said, I bet you that's a true story. Mike just shook his head so hard, no. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the Bible, so it's 100% not true. Carry on. Well, Narcissus was, he pissed a lot of people off. And this was kind of like the last straw, because he was turning away everybody. But the nymphs, they loved Echo, because she was such a nice person. So they said a prayer to the goddess Nemesis. That's a cool name. The god of retribution slash revenge. Really was the god of retribution. Anytime people would get too hubris or like too cocky for the gods, she was her job was to go set them straight. I Wait, can I... S- story time with Alex. <laughs> can I confess something? Remember what? that month where Alex won all of the uh, fact-offs? Yeah. I too prayed to the god Nemesis <laughs> for his downfall. <laughs> and he sent us... This fact. <laughs> yeah, this fact is great. I like this fact. It's no potato, man. <laughs> she s- decided to punish him. So she led him to a spring where he saw his own reflection. And he finally fell in love with himself. He was captivated with himself. Now, different legends say different things. Some say he died of thirst, cause even though he was with- in front of the water. Because he wanted, didn't want to drink the water to be ru- ruin his own reflection. So wait, is this where the term thirst trap comes from? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so he was the original thirst trap. That should trap. be the name of this fact. <laughs> I will, it will be now. Um, but them say that he died. He withered away because he, um, he realized he couldn't love anything. And nothing else really mattered because he died of and then he died of his own sorrow. Oh, that's a sad story. Yeah, it's kind of a dick. What's this have to do with Zeus bagging a bunch of chicken? <laughs> well, that's how it started. I know, I know. But that, that's where we get the word echo and narcissist from. And Zeus. And my name of my fact is the original thirst trap. The original name of my fact was going to be narcissist. Oh, that was a good one, too. But I like the original thirst trap. You're going to get some yep. voters. Thank you. And... Since You're- Mike gave me that name, Mike can go second. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, <laughs> thank guys. Thank me. Pat didn't do anything. <laughs> Pat, you know, was here to, to help it along. I got thank your you back, Pat. Mike. Thanks. Um, if you guys have been following the news at all, did you see that uh, 
I mean, this is a, a, a daily occurrence, but Elon Musk t- recently tweeted out <laughs> about uh, this young uh, chess master that beat like this the best chess player in the world, and he th- everybody thinks this guy cheated. And uh, Musk's thought of how he cheated was he used some sort of anal bead. <laughs> to... Oh, yeah, some like I heard about that. I saw the headline and I was like, I'm not giving this. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, if it was don't... like a uh, onion yeah. article. Or something. No, it, it's. I mean, it. Everybody's like trying to come up with a, a reason how this guy possibly cheated. I don't think it's ever been corroborated or anything like that. But some people are saying he cheated by like using some sort of like sensors in his shoes to like vibrate his feet or whatever so yeah it's it's a big controversy right now and and lots of people are like discussing it and stuff so What's the, you uh, lose you lose guys get over it yeah <laughs> what were you gonna else? say Alex? <laughs> it's like who cares <laughs> that's gonna be my thing. the chess community yeah the chess community is very like uh i think easily like uh Riled up, I, I feel like they're yeah, all they, like masterminds. Uh, you know, easily yeah. offended. Yeah, but big chess has been too powerful for too long. No, I saw a guy play ten people at once in chess in college. It was pretty awesome. Did he lose? Uh, he beat everyone and stalemated one person. So, but this uh, got me like researching. Like, I wanted to find out if there was like any really cool, interesting, like old chess controversies, and I think I found one, guys. So, really? this is a lot older. Like, this is many, many, many years ago. So, <laughs> was it that robot that broke that kid's finger? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that I should have talked about that too. That, that I did I talk about o- that. I was hoping you said no, and that's my fact. There was no interesting chess stories. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I should have. That's exactly what I should have said. Um, but let's set the stage. The year is seventeen sixty nine. Ooh, the year Pat was born. The year nice I love twist. Uh, these. Your facts. Um, but have you guys heard of the Mechanical Turk? No. no. It sounds like a robot from Turkey. Uh, actually, you're kind of uh, on the right path, Pat. Um, it was a legendary automated chess player developed by a Hungarian named Baron Wolfgang von Kempelen. And anybody oh, okay, yeah. with the name Baron is all, always awesome. First of all, that name was made by like an algorithm of like cool yeah. names, hundred <laughs> percent. And uh, it was ca- it was a chess robot that was capable of beating the world's best chess players. Good for him. I know, but seventeen sixty nine. This doesn't uh, sort of make sense that there would be a chess robot, but not really. Um, but it all started I to... I believe in- that the robots helped the Egyptian build the pyramid. So they did. They've been around. Uh, yeah, that, if you want to uh, believe the show Ancient Aliens, <laughs> then that probably is the case. Um, but they all started to impress a woman just like any other crazy thing that was made. Um, Wolfgang wanted to impress the Empress of Austria and Hungary at the time, Maria Teresa. Oh um, yeah, she was a real looker, from what I hear. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea. Uh, I just assume he was just trying to uh, get in her good graces. Um, but he developed this robot that looked like a wise Turkish gentleman with a turban and like a long mustache, like you know those long, long what mustaches, uh, kind of like genies almost would have. Um, the Fu Manchu. 
Yeah, kind of, no. yeah, Fu Manchu sort of. Yeah. Um that long. Yeah, long mustache and had colorful r- robes and it sat behind a 4 foot t- tall cabinet and inside the cabinet was a bunch of like intricate gears and that sort of thing. Um so it was a pretty cool looking like robot um it had like uh one hand had a had a pipe and the other hand was used to move the piece yeah uh yeah it was the other one was hailing a taxi cab (laughs) no the other one was used to move the pieces around that makes sense it doesn't make more sense yeah and uh in 1770 so one year after it was made uh, it, it had its first grand showing in front of the empress and a group of nobles and before the game would begin, um, they would pick out some players from the crowd, and then they would open up each cabinet door one by one, and like with a candle, show everybody in the crowd like all the gears and everything inside, just to show that there's no funny business going on. As you can see, there's no funny business in this robot. <laughs> now my assistant is going to take him. And so, uh, they, before the game started, they would crank the little crank on the side of the cabinet, and uh, the game would begin. Uh, the, the chess player would, like, move its head, and then the hand would move out and move the pawn forward to start. And uh, its first showing, it, it pretty much beat everybody that it played against. How did it see what was happening? We'll get to that. Pat, I'm going on a limb. I don't know what Max fact, but maybe this wasn't a real robot. Well, we'll, we'll also get to that. So um, it became a mainstay of the court, and obviously people in the court started you know, somewhat questioning it, like, oh, is it controlled by magnetism? Is there a dwarf or a child inside like doing this these movements? It was just like a lot of questions. Not a lot of answers. Not a yeah. lot of answers. And it, it became like a world-renowned phenomena. Like, uh, people would come in just to check it out and see. And it played, like, a bunch of world-great like chess players and it beat uh, most of them. It was Any spot- big names, I would know? No, I I thought of putting including <laughs> names, but nobody would know what the hell I was talking about. So I decided to leave the chess players' names out of it. Um, it was retired in 1774. And it just went dormant for a while. But then in 1783, uh, Joseph II, he was like the successor to the queen. Um, he decided, hey, let's get this awesome chess robot up and going again. Um, so he brought, like, blew the dust off himself, I'm sure of it. Like, he probably, like, kind of, like gently, like, wiped it off. Like, let's get this guy going. And uh, he, he ordered it on a- by the dust. <laughs> he probably had to clean it off with some rags it definitely just had a sheet on it everyone knows sheets keep dust off of all things a hundred percent it probably just had a sheet on it you're, you're correct pat um, i knew it so he sent it on a two-year tour of europe and this is like the beatles back then like amazing stuff uh first stop was paris where it beat some of the world's best chess players and it was like befuddling everybody in the crowd like everybody was just like in awe even benjamin franklin played it in paris when he was like i guess he was younger he when he was younger he was like a uh a statesman there or like he yeah so there's that one chapter of ben franklin's life where it's just like that time he fought a robot 
<laughs> this, if we make a ben- Benjamin Franklin movie, we have to include the chess player robot. A hundred percent. And then oh, it's that'd be more interesting than let's sign this document. It'd be more Here's interesting than uh, what <laughs> wasn't he in last week's uh, one where he uh, pretended to be like a wit- the widow silence or Mike? Your fact. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My facts are always awesome. All right, <laughs> Mr. Ben Franklin over here. <laughs> I thought you would call me out for including Ben Franklin in, in multiple facts. I was captivated by the fact that Alex's fact had a pipe in it last week, and yours had a pipe in it this week. <laughs> yes, the, the Turk robot has a pipe in its hand. Um, Wait, so was it just a big potato head? Yes, it was a big potato <laughs> head. And then it toured England, France, and Germany, and it left like uh, mass... All, you know, everybody's excited. It, it was just oh, I, I the best thing going. We messed it up. <laughs> Philly beat the shit out of it. <laughs> well, actually, Philly is in this story, too. So, Compellin died, the the original maker of the, the chess robot. But in 1804, a German inventor took up the mantle and brought it to the good old USA. USA. But he also added an awesome upgrade to the, the robot. It, a voice box that would say check. That's what it was missing. <laughs> it was missing the voice box, hundred percent. It doesn't. It kind of say checkmate. No, well, no, it just says check. So whatever your king's in danger, <laughs> the Turk would say check. Okay. So in eighteen oh nine, they arranged a uh, big game against Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh, avid chess player. Yeah. Like a little game. Little game. Oh, that's actually a uh, falsity. He was actually normal sized. Um, Define normal. (laughs) 10 feet tall. (laughs) 10 feet tall. Uh, He was probably like 5'7". And uh, spoiler alert, he beat Napoleon. (gasps) And uh, whenever Napoleon would make an illegal move, the chess robot would move Napoleon's piece back to its original position and (laughs) shake its head in defiance. (laughs) <laughs> that'll show him but as I alluded to it made its way to the USA and it was like the talk of the town newspapers everywhere it went to New York Boston Philadelphia that's all the major cities at, at the time and then it went south like literally or figuratively whatever you want to say um, oh. yeah and uh, Edgar Allan Poe was one of the first uh famous people to write against this he witnessed it play a game and he immediately recognized that something was awry there's a raven raven? i knew it (laughs) he wrote an essay and called it a sham orchestrated by a human operator um he said it is quite certain that the operations of the automaton are regulated by mind and nothing else you think that was the person under the floorboards? Well, we're we're getting to that. Oh, it sounds like you're close. Yeah, he was right. He was right. So basically, what they did was they would have a like a person who's really really good at chess, like inside, and when they would show the cabinets, like light up the cabinets, um, the guy was seated on like a chair on a rail, so he would move it back and forth, so that way. They close the door. He'd move in front of that door um, to not. It's 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 a, a elaborate illusion, essentially. 
So he still had to be good enough to beat all the best people in the world. Exactly. Yeah. They there was a whole uh, long list of different chess players that were inside the actual uh, ro- robot throughout the years, or they called a autonom um, which is basically just like a it's like a it like an Autobots. Yeah, sort of. Um, so it was like a small chair and there's been speculation throughout the years because they don't exactly know a hundred percent how it worked. Uh, but they think that there was like little strings dangling down with like magnets, magnets on it from the board. And he could see like the pieces move, um, like from the top with the magnets hanging down from below. Mm. Yeah. So it was never, This whole time when I imagined they were playing, I imagined they were playing with like those cheap plastic chess boards. Or the one from the car ride that had the little magnet on the bottom. <laughs> no, like the ones that like you get for like five dollars. Yeah. It's just like there's like the really cheap plastic ones like everybody has. But if you think about it, that, that guy had to be really good because he had to control like a bunch of levers and stuff like that to control the the arm of the Turk and move the pieces and stuff. So not only did he have to be a good player, he'd have to also learn how to control the, the movements of the actual, uh, the Turk robot, uh, automaton or whatever. Um, so this, it was secret for 65 years. And then how it was spilled was, um, the owner died on a voyage and, uh, the creditor got in control of the Turk and he sold it to a bunch of enthusiasts who wanted to see how it worked. Yeah. And so they looked at it and they re- you know just just to see how how it did its thing and then they put it in a museum called the Chinese Museum. And it just became ver- forgotten from there. Like until today. Then, well, sad news. On July 5th, 1854, what? The Chinese Museum burnt down. And the Turk was lost to time. Is it true that the uh, it was because the guy was still stuck inside and he just had to get out so he lit a fire? I, I think the Turk was lighting up his, his pipe and, and burnt down the entire museum. I like to think it escaped. Like it did come to life that way. Oh, and it's like still out there? Yeah. yeah. Traveling the world, waiting for the world's greatest chess player. It's like after the credits, you just see like uh, Michael Caine sit down at a restaurant and then he just looks up from his paper and he sees a little robot sitting there eating lunch. <laughs> it's from the Dark Knight Rises. I know. I know. <laughs> so yeah. my fact is called the Turk. I thought you were going to call it Edgar Allan No. That's a good one. That's Or I, Edgar I... Allan Nobot. Hmm. No, it's, you try. You should have stopped. You tried too <laughs> cut, hard there. Cut that part out. <laughs> you flew too close to the sun. There are no bad ideas. This crash is, we're and brainstorming. Burn. Are we recording? Sorry. I never hit record. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. Okay. Uh, uh, Pat can go next. If you want to peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have a nice quick fact to send us all home happy. So a few weeks ago. I did my fact on a little state known as Canada, and they are not one for like only one good fact. They have multiple good facts. Today, we're going to hear another one. Without a terrible intro. 
That was. <laughs> I don't know what you're going so, about. Have you guys ever heard of New France? <laughs> no. Explain. That's uh, the same as Old France, but uh, they just <laughs> changed the label. No, New France is what the French colonies were called in North America back in the 1600s. Okay, and that is is that where the New French poodle came from? No, that was from New Germany. <laughs> Real quick, Pat, and and before you get too far, I am so impressed and proud of both of you guys for not bringing in a fact about the Queen of England because I, I I bet what my wife that you would one of you guys would bring in some sort of fact about her. But go on, carry on. Maybe my fact has something to do with the Queen of England. Oh, was she alive in the 1700s? Well, uh, she was kind of old. So my fact, was she the daughter of a king? Because my Mm. fact is called Uh, the king's daughters. Can you become a queen without being the daughter of a king? Sure, why not? Yes, you can marry into one. Yeah, that's what Allison did on Game of Thrones. Can we go back to the House of Dragons? All right. So New France is the colonies, uh, the French colonies in North America. All the way from the tip top of uh, Canada, all the way down to Louisiana, and it was New Orleans. New Orleans. It was mostly populated by men, soldiers, Ooh. fur traders. See, that had something to do with Alex's yeah. fur thing. I Alex's what he dream said, world. And and Alex's My favorite dream world is everyone's a fur fur trader. Alex likes fur traders. I like Amen. soldiers, and Mike likes priests. They were the other type of men that were there. Uh, over time, the balance of men and women was very uneven because women had to pay their own way to get to New France. And just something... See, things was equal then. <laughs> yeah, it was good old days. Um, something about, like, when you're lit from France and then you look over and you hear all these stories about how terrible the harsh conditions of Canada are, it's not really appealing to be like, I'm going to spend my own money and then move here for the rest of my life. <laughs> or go live in the swamp. Or yes. Uh, so at the same time, this brings up the Queen of England. The population of the English colonies was booming. Yeah. Yeah, those colonies, they were getting down. Yeah, everybody wanted a part of it. Yeah, playing <laughs> yep. with robot Turks and everything. And uh, France was a little nervous. They needed to up their population and an- enter Jean Talon, the intendant of New France. Yeah. He, w- he went to the king and he proposed an idea. Was he the, about- uh, the procreator of ladies? <laughs> Yes, everybody, everybody, let's get naked. Here's what. Guess what his plan was? What? What if we send a bunch of women over to the colonies? And that's what he did. He said, "Hey, let's send over 500 women to New France to help boost the population." This is like the best story ever for these poor guys. Yeah, and the women too. So most of the women, you know, different time, were aged 12 to 25, but the 12 to 15 one was like 10% of the population. But 12 to 25, they required a letter of reference from their parish priest before being chosen for the journey. So the priest would check them out first, say, all right, you look nice enough for New France. Well, apparently not, they had to but also... But not nice enough for France. <laughs> exactly. Well, they had to check a few things. Like, one, it was like, could they handle it? Like, are they... Because a lot of them were like city girls, I guess. What, did they put them in like a freezer living. for like a couple of hours to see? You got to be working on a farm. Oh, yeah. Um, so then the term, so the king's daughter, or in French, it's pronounced fille du roi. Yeah. The term fille du roi was first used by Marguerite Bourgeois, Bourgeois uh, in her writings. 
So the women were sent to New France with a special dowry from the king. So that was like an extra, like, sweet in the pot. The king, I'll pay for your trip over to this country. Here's a dowry for men to, like, entice them. Also, here's a bunch of women. And, you know, let's let nature take its course. And exactly um, how me and my wife met. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, in all, historians believe there was about uh, between 770 and 850 fidua that settled in New France between 1663 and 1673. Okay. Yes. Now, they were all, like, mostly from, like, humble beginnings. They said a lot of them were orphans. Um, some of them were from, like, pretty wealthy families that just had too many daughters. So, I guess you just <laughs> send, send them away. Send some to New France. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the end of my story, I told you it was a short fact. The program was a success. In 1670, most of the girls that arrived in 1669, a hundred years before Mike's fact, uh, they were pregnant. Really? Yeah. And by 1671, nearly 700 children were born to the Fidua. Ooh, it's the original, like, championship boom that, like, yes. Exactly. Well, they introduced the Stanley Cup the year before. <laughs> and uh, Toronto, the- Toronto won. That was the last time that they won. And then... <laughs> Was Everyone this the biggest to... like a blind dates of all time? Like the most amount of uh, blind dates at once? It so guess it was like the the population went from 1672. No, that's the year, guys. I'm sorry. In 1672, the population of New France grew from 3200 to 6700. Damn, um, doubled. Th- if Netflix existed at this time, I think this would be like the new hit. Like. Like a reality TV there show. Would, yeah, it would be a show. Yeah. I and make it a show. To cap off my fact, I thought this was very interesting. Just like my old fact where uh, Canada or Alberta doesn't have any rats, two-thirds of French Canadians today can trace their ancestry to the Fidois. Really? Yeah. So if you just send a whole bunch of women to a country of a whole bunch of men, eventually you'll have Canada. Nice. And what's the name of your fact? You have Canada? Yes. Uh, no, well, you could write Fidua or just write the King's Daughters. King's Daughters it is. And uh, thanks for your help. I gave you guys both your the names of your facts. And no one helped me yeah. out with mine. Uh, bang Sesh. <laughs> what? <laughs> the Bang ba- Session. Bang Sesh. Yes, that's what it was. Um, the French no, have it. Oh, there is a uh, a lot of people like there's like a misconceptions that they sent over a bunch of prostitutes or like women who had got arrested for prostitution, but um, actually that's not true. That was Australia. Yeah. So there you have it. You have Mike's fact, the Turk, my fact, the original thirst trap, and you have the King's daughter, Fidua, whatever person. Fidua, Fidua. That was close. Uh. Go to factoffpodcast.com to vote for which one you think is the best. If you're listening to older episodes, vote for an older episode. Change yeah, it vote up. vote for mine. We should look back yeah. on that on the 100th and episode. Hopefully Pat's winning by the end of the year on every episode. Um, you can also click the link in our show notes. That will take you right to the voting page. Um, like and review us on the, uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, check us out on all the socials. Pat will be posting a lot more. Um, th- this coming up and have a great day <laughs> this coming up <laughs> goodbye <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Have a good one.